Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the 2009 Zack Snyder film Watchmen one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. I'm Eric Nash. I am Jeff Ferry from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. <laughs> I'm Chris Thercotch from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. Welcome, guys. All right, we're Thank doing you. good. We're, we're doing good. We're over. We're past the hump of the week. Yeah, let's let's wait till the end of the week before we <laughs> we, we start to. Uh, you know, still a major major yeah. hurdles, but clear here. <laughs> but I keep all five of these recorded. Yeah. <laughs> well, minute forty nine starts with Archie arriving to disperse the mob and ends with the comedian jumping down to the ground. And our uh, crane shot from yesterday continues into into this minute, so it's like another twenty seconds before it even cuts. Yeah, this is a this is a Zack Snyder special here. Hmm. Of like a long sweeping crane shot, beautiful visuals. Not quite sure if everything's pertinent to what needs to be seen, but a lot of smoke. <laughs> crowd, crowd, crowd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, nobody's ever argued that the man can't knows how to put stuff in frame. Oh yeah, he he yeah. knows how to compose a shot. Yeah, he may have oh, his detractors and some other issues, you know, casting, plot, that type of thing, but. Oh, yeah. He knows how to fill up visually the screen and make things look amazing. Yeah. I think that probably, you know, goes back to his days of doing like um, commercials and uh, music videos and things like that. So it's like he is a visual storyteller. So. So that combined with what's already laid out from the comic. Right. Really makes a lot, you know, really just makes it such a visually stunning film. Yeah, I always, you know, they're set photos or, uh, you know, written accounts that he just went everywhere he went. He carried, you know, his his personal copy of Watchmen. And it was like, you know, had uh, had pages flagged and it was, you know, it was pretty beat to hell by the end of it, I'm sure. But um, it was his essentially his like roadmap you know his like little story storyboard so he could always go back to that for kind of inspiration or yeah i mean even if they do that what are they doing that that proposed tv series is that still a thing is that still happening yeah still going what? through uh hbo i mean we should it's still gonna be hard pressed to come up with interesting visuals visuals and ways to do things like they'll be able to expand out the story but like yeah, this movie, for whatever flaws it may have, has some striking imagery. I mean, even like this scene that's coming up here. It here. I'll ask you guys one thing. As the Watchmen experts that I know that you are, I always found this scene fascinating because you're never given any backstory on Night Owl and Comedian being working together, and then they're suddenly together in this scene. Like you're given a little bit of Night Owl Rorschach. and you've always assumed the Comedian worked alone. Yeah, or maybe a little with with Manhattan. But then they're suddenly together here, and it seems like it's not the first time. But it's an odd pairing. I agree. It is an odd pairing. And he doesn't seem like the type to pair with anyone, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I forget how they word it in the book. But there's – in this kind of section of the flashback, you know, the the night owl portion, there's like a line that they talk about uh, uh, John and Lori are – I want to say in D.C., in Washington, D.C., dealing with riots there. 
and Rorschach is like, I think they say like Rorschach's over on the west side. So they mentioned that they've all kind of split up, but they're all essentially still working together to deal with this, you know, big, massive bunch of unrest. And it's funny, like, because if I was making a, I understand why they do it. Because like, if I'm making a comic book, you don't want to keep splitting off the same people over and over again t- together. You want to make it, it's more interesting. You know, yeah. oh, no, let's put Night Out with Comedian. That'll be more interesting. Yeah. But like in a real world situation, like you don't just rotate cops partners because like, oh, that'll be interesting. Let's put a, <laughs> let's put Johnson with Kowalski tonight and just see if that's a, a good pairing. Like you want people to know each other and, you know, have that you know, knowing of what the other person's going to do and not be like out there with some crazy loose cannon. You're like, Oh God, I'm with this guy. I guess either way, who do they put with them? Oh yeah. I don't, I mean, <laughs> the only one that can deal with them is probably Manhattan because he's right. just like detached from them. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see uh Rorschach and comedian working together. Oh, now there's, there's an episode of the TV series. I need to see yeah, going yeah. a rampage. Coming that through. would be, that would be more of a fist fight between the two of them than actually working together, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they'd You yeah. think they'd get along? I I don't think they'd get along, but I think they would both enjoy cracking skulls. Um, true, true. You know. <laughs> almost that uh Gimli and Legolas like uh in Lord of the Rings and you know, when they're like competing to see how many people they can take out, although it's not like Rorschach would be interested in, in playing games like that but uh, yeah that'd be it it would yeah it wouldn't be like how many can we do be, man this guy's really brutal i have to step up my game yeah it'd be competitive <laughs> but not yeah. like fun <laughs> well i mean it would be fun for the comedian yeah but, but apparently judging from this scene everything's fun for the comedian <laughs> exactly this scene much, yeah. coming out tomorrow <laughs> i mean he's played now i realize that he, he even from his earliest days as we see in some of the flashbacks that he's are he's unhinged from the beginning, but the way he's played in these later times, he seems like someone who's like, yeah, I've been at war basically for like 25 years right. and I snapped a long time ago Yeah, and I don't care anymore. Just the way he's standing on the ship as it pulls up is, is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah uh, this is I, like I, this late seventies. Eddie is a bit more haggard and a little, little more rough looking. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely like he's, he's seen some rough years. So, <laughs> I have it in my notes. This crowd of people isn't as afraid of this maniac with a shotgun on top of a flying ship as they should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely no, seem I, more afraid of him as he comes down off the ship. On the ship, they're not really afraid of him. <laughs> you have to assume they, they're they the watchmen. They have – especially the comedian. He has a certain level of fame. People would know who he was. Yes. And Just, Yeah, to some degree. Um, I'm, I'm trying to – what level of fame do you think – the Watchmen have like, they got to be at least passingly familiar to everybody. Why I'm guessing, I mean, obviously Manhattan is the one that everyone is aware of. Um, I think night owl would be very famous or very, because he's a legacy character and everyone loved, you know, night owl, the, the first night owl. So I think he would have some of that like recognition anyways. Um, Rorschach, they would probably treat as a, I don't know, uh, with a lot of suspicion and like, is he even real or, you know, I'm sure he's kind of got that superstitious mythic quality about him. Like, although, I mean, we, we see later on or we see, see earlier in the movie, but 
later in the timeline that you know they've got file footage of him on TV. So yeah, I was just trying to think of like you got to assume everybody seems to like know who he is at yeah. some level. Yeah, he's not an unknown quantity. It's not like it's, right. It's not like it's not the first ten minutes of Batman where he shows up. People are like, "What's this? This giant man bat thing." And I mean, you should be a certain level of afraid of anybody who's wielding a shotgun ten feet from you. <laughs> You'd think, yeah. I mean, I realize this is the alternate, the Alan Moore '80s, where you know it's a crazy time. <laughs> In this <laughs> and and Dark Knight, I mean, it's I don't like that man's version of the future or the past. <laughs> Um, so we do get to see the owl ship in all its glory. You guys got any, uh, thoughts on Archie and, and finally kind of getting to see the owl ship. I like Archie. It it looks useful. Unlike some of the like weird stuff that'll get pulled out in the Batman universe sometimes. Yeah. When you're like, why would you design something like this? (laughs) It, It like, it's completely not functional. Where this thing looks completely functional, like We're looking at whole... you, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this thing is like a Swiss Army knife that he's flying around there. Yeah. Like it's got room for people. It's got all kinds of you know refined layer. It shoots flames and it can do this and that. And it looks pretty tough because it can take some hits. This yeah. is something coffee cups. Someone would yeah, somebody would actually build. <laughs> I'm enjoying the two circle porthole windows that look oh. like allies too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so gorgeous. I love that they translate the ship, you know, without really any major differences. You know, I I can't think of really anything that they changed. I mean, you got to stay on brand. Yeah. I think like, I guess in the interior, it's piloted almost by like a big joystick that, you know, can be removed. And then that, that, um, not steering wheel, but like, it's almost like a, T-shaped, you know, handlebar that he can go to the top of the ship, you know, from on the outside and plug in there, and then also remotely control it from there. So, like, they don't really incorporate that, you know, which is fine with me. <laughs> but overall, I mean, they, I, I think they do a pretty. And I think it's it's used just enough. Like, it's yeah, they don't like, yeah. they don't get crazy with it. It doesn't have unbelievable almost magical powers again like some other people's ships sometimes have when they need to yeah it's i mean he mostly uses it from like i'm gonna get from point a to point b sure with this it is fireproof yeah you know that uh, you know, can, like, at least yeah. you can take a molotov cocktail at least <laughs> right mm. and it's, it's nice that they throw it at the window and not at the comedian that was standing at the <laughs> other window yeah. <laughs> i don't know it would probably just aggravate him you're right well the can does that bounces off his head <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but again, this all comes down to, and then at the very end of the minute, he jumps down. It's the pro- not the problem. It's the, the odd thing I've always seen about Watchmen is so Doctor Manhattan is a superpower being. Yes, but you're led to believe none of the rest of them are, although they 100 percent are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all have like super strength. I believe yeah. I said in previous <laughs> episodes. I watched this with my wife before I, before recording this, and she kept asking me if they have powers or not. She couldn't figure it out. I mean, you could argue, I guess, that... Okay, you could try to argue Rorschach and Comedian don't. They're just unbelievable fighters, just the peak abilities. I've always assumed, when I read the comic, I always assumed uh, Ozymandias messed around with like his DNA or something. He seems like he's got something going on. 
listen, spoiler alert, he does something later you're not doing as a regular person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're the greatest Olympic athlete that ever existed. You know, spoiler alert for like three months from now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the next couple jumps that we see, no matter how much practice, you're not pulling that off as a regular human either. Mm. Well, regular human, and what's he in his 50s when he does that? Right, right. I would have hit the ground and been like, oh, God, I tore my MCL. Yeah. <laughs> Blow out his ankle. He does take a long time before he stands up. <laughs> I thought it was in slow motion, but maybe he is just moving slowly. <laughs> That's why the crowd, the crowd's not dispersing because they're like, what, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to need a minute. <laughs> they're waiting oh. to see if he's okay before they leave. Mm. Oh, I, I got to mention this. I got to mention the lady with her Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. She was she's, so, dis- she's so distinctive looking. I swore, like, was she supposed to be somebody? She mm. seems very buff too. Like, she seems <laughs> like she's a, a bodybuilder or something. Well, I, I thought I was. I thought I if it was one of those like you know where they put in. There's a bunch of them in here where they're famous people. You know, they go. It's a Warhol, and you see Lee yeah. Iacocca. I was yeah. like, is this somebody I just don't recognize? Oh that's no, awesome. just a random you know. But she's like citizen. Just, oh, she's pure mid eighties though. With yeah, like the big puffy like the blonde hair swooshed back, but it's like five inches off her head. <laughs> yeah, she comes out and just blasts him with a you know. Uh, an epitaph only heard on movies like Clerks. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad you got the minute with that word. Yeah. That I struggled with on I, I assume that's why Travis picked this minute for me, so I didn't have to deal with that again. I already had it twice through Clerks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And I already had it twice. Be like, listen, people, it was a different time. Right. It's, just, it's a word people used. And normally, I would say it wasn't used in that context. Although here. I think it kind of is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I it just... is too. <laughs> well, and and, and uh, <clears throat> we can't really say as much for this movie that it, it was a different time as far as it's pro- when it was produced when, when it came out. I mean, I mean, I guess they're just being a faithful yeah, adaptation of this horrific nineteen was it nineteen eighty five? Well, no, yeah. and really, really, this is this 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 has oh, to be uh, pre keen act, yeah, yeah, this is seventy. Five, yeah. 70, 75, yeah, 76. so mid seventies. Yeah, this would be like, oh, they're, they're fine using that word then. Yeah, oh, that, it's like seventy seven because they talk about how the Keen actor. Or, yeah, I think it's right. Yeah, on it's the, the next minute that they talk about that the the law is yeah, about to be true. pushed through. So it's either you know late seventy six or sometime in seventy seven. But uh, that was th- the hardest part. Yeah, when my wife watched this with me, you know, against her will, of. I realized that if you don't know the source material, we're like 30 minutes into it. And she's like, I'm lost. Uh-huh. I, what yeah. is going on? Like, cause they just jump time periods and just assume you're going to be able to follow along. She's like, what, what happened to the other guys? Like <laughs> they, they introduced all these characters and then they're just gone in the first time. And then this guy's old and then he's young and then he's dead and then he's back. <laughs> so like, oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And that was the, the, we were watching the regular cut, not the director's cut. Okay. So it's it's even a little jumpier with no there's a little bit less connective tissue to help you along. Yeah. So like I'm spending ten minutes trying to explain to her like who who the justice are and all these people and she's like, Do I need to know who these people are? I'm like, <laughs> I guess you really don't. No, not at all. <laughs> You're never gonna watch it again, so you don't need to know. Um the lady we were talking about um is Deborah is played by Deborah Finkel. This is like her second movie she was ever in. And then was in, you know, probably 15 or 20 other like smaller movies and a few TV shows, Prison Break. 
And then the last thing was iZombie, like one episode of iZombie. So that's pretty recent, though. So yeah, yeah. Why do I know that name, Finkel? Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn. That's it. I'm telling you right now, at least two thirds of the listeners, as soon as Finkel came up, yeah. they're like, Finkel? Einhorn. Yeah, Finkel. Yeah. I don't know. Laces out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're little footballs. Yeah. <laughs> That was good for you, Chris. That was like a that was a, a, that was a deep cut. sports reference. <laughs> See that? <laughs> um, I do have some notes on uh, the Molotov cocktail that we see, and uh, um, obviously, it's an improvised incendiary device named or first used in the Spanish Civil War between 1936 and 1939. General Francisco Franco ordered Spanish nationalist forces to use them against tanks. And it came from, or they got the idea from um, the Finns, the Finnish people versus uh, uh, Soviet Union in the Winter War. They were the ones that actually gave it the name Molotov cocktail as an insult to the Soviet foreign minister of Vyacheslav Molotov. So they, he, Molotov was spreading propaganda that they were dropping food to their starving neighbors in Finland when in reality they were dropping bombs. So the Finns called these bombs Molotov breadbaskets. And then when they retaliated and attacked Soviet tanks, the Finns called the firebombs cocktails as a drink to go with the food. So that's how we have the Molotov cocktail. That's that's one of my favorite ones about that because it's a it's a device not named after the person who invented it, but as an F U to the person they were using it yeah. against. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't see a lot of that in history. Right, yeah. Don't don't make Molotov cocktails, kids. <laughs> uh something even earlier is uh in the uh in the song that we're hearing by uh the KC and Sunshine Sunshine band, I'm your boogeyman, uh part of the lyrics are about uh, I want to be your be your rubber ball, yeah. And and the whole then this rubber ball idea in the lyrics that then in in, in a little bit of the dialogue that comes up here <clears throat> about uh, that comedian saying talking about uh, shooting them with rubber bullets. I just found that to be an interesting uh, thing that uh, I mean may have been chosen because of hmm. those lyrics maybe because otherwise yeah. I mean what's you know what's the what's the idea of of this song being used with this riot? It's um, it could be that uh, like Scott Corelli called it in uh, back in his minutes, like the the kind of the gumpification of this movie and uh-huh. in terms of music, like using kind of the obvious songs to paired with the the era, you know. And this might be one of those. Um, I I really dig the song in here. Of course, I love the uh, Rob Zombie version <laughs> more than this. This you know, this makes me feel like I'm at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, KC and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely looked up the song. Um, kind of early on and do my notes to see kind of what the song itself was about, but I don't have anything on that. It, it's just so much more of a good time type yeah. of song. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some, uh, 
romantic, interesty kind of things go, being talked about in it, but but also just uh, you know the the I want to be your boogeyman, boogeyman dancing, you know, having a good time. Yeah, it's not it's not boogity man. <laughs> it's not uh, <laughs> the bad guy in the dark. Oh, it's a good boogeyman. It's a good kind of boogeyman. Yeah. And that could be like the idea of you know the dancing and, and things like that that, that you know, the song would obviously uh, lead you to think about and here we're seeing like a riot which is like a mass of people moving around so maybe kind of you know the idea of it being like a dance it maybe mm, yeah i don't know i i think the line about uh, i got rubber bullets is a really weird th- thing to say <laughs> Um, like it clears it up in the next few minutes, so we know that he doesn't start killing people. But it's a really clunky line. Um, it it's in the book, but it comes across more like a warning. And here, it just I don't know. It bugs me the, the just the line reading. Um, and if I remember right, the rubber bullet comment isn't in the theatrical. So I guess in the theatrical, it looks more like. He's using, you know, real shells, but. Oh, I'll get into that next minute about okay. what I think about his, his firearm choice. He's maybe murdering people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have anything else. I think we covered all my notes. Um, yeah. My last note is there's no need for violence. That's mm. my last note. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did have that, that. That was a perfect capper for this minute. <laughs> yeah, was, violence. yeah. Especially with <laughs> the image of Eddie that we see. Right. You know, when he when you hear that. So you get the sense that Dan isn't really talking to the crowd. <laughs> yep. He's, he's talking to Eddie. Yeah. And we kind of get to see the uh, smiley face pin with uh, with Eddie there. Um, do you guys want to let our listeners know where they can find you guys um, around around the internet? Chris would love to do that. Okay. <laughs> you can find us on the Jay and Silent Bob Minute on uh, DuelingGenre.com. Also on Twitter at Jay and, Bo- Jay and Bob Minute and on Facebook at The Quicker Stop. We also did another podcast called uh, The Burbs Minute where we covered the burbs one minute at a time, just like these guys are doing here. And anything else, Jeff? Uh, I'm also on Slycast, the Sylvester Stallone podcast, where I cover all of Sylvester Stallone's movies, one movie at a time, <laughs> not minute, because that would be insane. That's a little quicker. How many uh, movies does Sly have in his... Uh... More than we're doing, apparently, because he's actually putting them out faster than we're doing them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, he has a lot. We're, uh, we've done 25, 26, 27 episodes, and we're okay. up to, what, 95 we're up to the specialist. Okay. So are you going chronologically or? Yes. We, oh. and in the beginning, we were doing a couple at a time. Yeah. And then we started doing one per episode because nice. we started having like some two and a half, three hour long episodes. And <laughs> I was not okay with that. Yeah. I think that's it for us. Right on. Um, you can f- find us on Twitter and Instagram at Watchman Minute. And our Facebook page where you can like us is facebook.com slash Watchmen Minute. And go over and discuss the uh, the uh, good old F word with us <laughs> on the Crime Busters Sister Society on, in our Facebook group. 
bring, bring that bring, bring that back around for uh, Jeff's uh, enjoyment. Oh yeah, it's just when I need more of that. <laughs> All right. So if everyone can return on Friday for minute fifty, then I'll say who watches the Watchmen. We do. We do. Watchmen are over. Thank you.